After doing this program for about uh, 21 months, I've learned one thing. You've got to be careful even with some of your trusted sources. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. In doing this program now, one of the hardest things for me is to be certain that what I share with you is accurate. Every day, I get all kind of emails, all kind of notifications, all kind of even text messages from from people that I know trying to share a story with me or something they heard about they want me to investigate or check out. Some of them sound really, really juicy. That's the only way I can describe it. Like, wow, what a story. And there's that part of me then that goes back to when I first started in radio back in the 1970s and I was doing news, matter of fact, in Atlanta, Georgia in the 1970s. And the most important thing that radio station felt about their news department was integrity. They weren't so much worrying about, you know, tantalizing headlines. They they wanted everybody to know that the news and information they got from that particular radio station was trustworthy. Because, see, back in those days, honesty and integrity were still held in high esteem. News departments, their, well, their credibility was on the line. Today, not so much. Today, it's become propaganda from many media outlets, and I understand that. Uh, many are so well bought into an ideology that they have clouded their own judgment in terms of how they how they share a story. Well, I had a person share a story with me um, just earlier today, wanted me to take a look at it because I've talked a lot about what I consider some of the voter fraud that occurred in the state of Georgia. And I have a lot of people that want me to take the time to see, and I will, trust me, when I have the time, I will. By the way, let me just do a quick aside. If I was to look at every video somebody sends me a link for, I would need 60 hours in each day just to view the videos. Honestly, I don't have that much time to watch videos, especially from many sources I may not know. And and just because it's on Rumble, just because it's on something else, or even, even YouTube for that matter, doesn't mean it's true. It may be well produced. And then besides watching something, then you have to dig in and make sure that it's, it's actually accurate. But So somebody is sharing with me because of all that we've spoken about on this program. In Gwinnett County in Georgia, there's this allegation. You'll see it popping up on Facebook now. This claim on social media where the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Office is is asking people to ID a woman and call them because she's a she's a ballot mule. Well, the truth is that story's not true. Now, while there are ballot mules, and I believe that firmly, and there's no doubt in my mind that there's adequate video evidence coming out uh, from that movie called 2000 Mules, and I plan to see it. I really do. It's just that while we are traveling, I have no way to really do it right now. And so I'll get to it. I've done a lot of a lot of reading and research on Georgia. And there are just too many little stories here and there 
Not one big story, just a lot of little ones that when you add them all up become a big issue. For example, somebody that I do know and I do trust and I can take this individual's word was working for the Republican Senate Committee. And after the election in Georgia, there was some curiosity about some of the newly registered voters. And so what he did on behalf of the Georgia Republican Senate campaign is he went to a few towns in in kind of the middle and eastern part of the state. You know, off I-16, if you're familiar with the state of Georgia, heading out of Macon and heading down toward the coast, toward Savannah. And in that part of Georgia, there are a lot of small, moderate towns, uh, not very wealthy in some cases. And there were a lot of people that registered to vote for the first time in a number of those counties in addresses that had never been seen before to register to vote in some of those counties. And what this individual did, and he did it, uh, he knew what he was doing. He had a list of the names and the addresses that were used to register to vote. And what did he what did he find? He found a lot of farm fields that had never, I mean never, had had a home, a mobile home, a tent, a campground, nothing. But these were suddenly husband and wives that were registering to vote on farmland. And they never lived there. And you really can't find any evidence those people ever lived there at all. Now, granted, in his case, he only, you know, found maybe about 40 or 50 of those just by taking a cursory look. It wasn't even an in-depth investigation. It was just going down some of the last-minute people voting and then mailing in a ballot, and then you go out to where these people allegedly live. There is nobody that ever lived there. These people were not residents of Georgia. They may have been very fictitious. They may have been fake people. We don't know. But that was enough for me just in those little areas. When you have 153 counties, let's say that you get, oh, I don't know, if you have 10 fraudulent votes in 153 counties, just 10 fraudulent votes in 153 counties, you've got 1,530 votes. If in a moderate county, you can sneak in 25 votes. In a larger county, you could sneak in, let's say, 50 votes. In a larger county, you could sneak in maybe 100 votes. It wouldn't take long to tally up over 12,000 votes in a state like Georgia. I mean, it's less than 100 votes per county. Let me say that again. It would take less than 100 votes per county in the state of Georgia. That would have been sufficient to turn the election in the state of Georgia. Just 100 votes in every county. And knowing that Fulton County has got millions of people, hey, you could do 1,000 votes there. You could do 2,000 votes there. Easy. Truthfully, truthfully, I think that there were I think it's in six figures, the number of fraudulent votes in the state of Georgia. Now, it never helps 
when people even on our side get some story off Facebook and they think it's so wonderful they got to share it immediately. And like I say, from what is normally for me a trusted source who generally gets it right, but every once in a while, every once in a while, even even those that are pretty vigilant and should know better, um, like I say, they, they, they can get it wrong. Now, I don't trust anything that comes out of the mouth of, of Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger. I think the man is a liar. I think the man is a rhino. I think the man is unfit for office. And I, I sincerely hope that in the primary, he is booted out. And if he isn't, then we know we've got some serious problems in the state of Georgia. The man used a Gmail account his personal, from his own personal business, Gmail account. What business uses a Gmail account that's supposed to be a big, reputable consulting business? But Brad Raffsenberger used his personal Gmail account to talk to, oh, I don't know, the companies that manufacture voting machines. He didn't use his State of Georgia account. He was trying to hide his communications, which is illegal. So the man is not trustworthy to begin with. I've seen the email, and I've seen his address. I know that it's real. But, you know, I don't care that maybe Brad is debunking the claim. He's debunked a lot of claims that turned out to be true as well because he doesn't want his reputation tainted because he is the one that is 100% responsible for the freak show that became the election in Georgia with that Zuckerberg money putting in ballot boxes everywhere around Atlanta, in Gwinnett County, in Cobb County, Fulton County, even DeKalb County, anywhere that they could harvest a few thousand more votes. And I really believe that the effort yielded probably in six figures. Six figures. It took that much to turn the election in the state of Georgia. But they knew once they had cut that deal with the devil himself, Raffsensberger. You know, when Stacey Abrams threatened to sue him, he capitulated. Oh, we're not going to verify signatures. We're not going to, we're going to break the law in Georgia so I don't get sued by Stacey Abrams. Who, by the way, I've got a question. Four years ago, Stacey Abrams had a lot of credit card debt and she was in financial straits, just, a, you know, personally in really bad shape. I'm serious. She was in bad financial shape. She was being propped up by the Democrat establishment to pay for the, you know, for the campaign. And now I want to know, how does how does somebody that had such financial irresponsibility and never had gotten anywhere in her life financially suddenly worth millions of dollars? Her net worth now is three million. You know, I don't care about a, rich, a person that's rich getting into politics you know we can find out how they made their money i want to know how people in politics get so wealthy how does joe biden on a senator's salary afford all those luxury homes that he has it's certainly not from his government paycheck but we're, we're told to look the other way but getting back to this story gwinnett county we're told that they're looking for somebody. That's what this story said. This is one of those hot stories, hot off the press, that there's a, a poll worker being accused of being a ballot mule. It's a flyer that you can see on Facebook. 
Well, the Gwinnett County Sheriff's, and, and it looks like a flyer made by the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Office. Well, the, the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Office said, no, we never made this flyer. No, we're not looking for anybody. That was not created. It was not affiliated, authorized in any shape, manner, or form. By the way, using a Sheriff's Office logo and impersonating an agency is a violation of law. Now, the idea of uh, people supposedly paid to illegally collect ballots and drop them off, you know, I agree, it happened. And, and of course, Rassensburgers is trying to claim that it really never did. Well, we know that it did, but this particular story, and, and I'm, I'm really beginning to believe something. Now, 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 follow with me very carefully, okay? Sometimes stories like this, Flyers like this, making the allegation that this poll worker is a ballot mule. They're planted by those that are trying to deceive you. They want to discredit you. They want to discredit this movie. I mean, they want to discredit the movie. And they want to be able to, as Rad, you know, as Rassensburger is trying to say, it never happened. It, I mean, just because somebody put 100 ballots and took pictures of them going into a box at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's normal voting in Georgia. <laughs> I'm not that stupid, Brad. I'm not as corrupt as you, Brad. I'm not as corrupt as the governor of the state of Georgia, who loves, you know, his deals with the Chinese. So, so Gwinnett County is going to try to figure out who put out this flyer, and, and we'll never know. We'll never really know. The point is that many people, and I looked at the story, and I'm going, gee, there's, a good, there's an interesting story, but, my, I, but I found it on Facebook, so I never trust anything that somebody sends me in an email or on Facebook until I do a little bit more research. Because I don't want to be sharing a story that ends up not being true. And I hope you count on me to do that. Now, I know that someday I'm going to get caught. Someday something's going to happen. I'm going to let my guard down. And I'm going to have to come before you and say, you know that story I shared yesterday or last month? And I'm praying that I never have to do that. So... So as they were saying, you know, the, the, the story that you may see in social media coming out of, um, you know, coming out of allegedly Gwinnett County, it, it's not true. But that doesn't mean that cheating in Georgia is not true. And see, this is what the enemy will try to do. They can put out a story like this and then a bunch of well-meaning people start to share it on social media it becomes a hot topic, and then all of a sudden, on television news, it's easily, readily, and honestly debunked by a legitimate sheriff. I mean, I've been to Gwinnett County. There's some pretty nice people down there. And, and now they got to deal with this nonsense. They're not looking for anybody, but everybody on social media and sharing this stupid thing in emails and everything else, to me think it's true and what will happen is people that are on the fence that really don't look that deeply into a story they're going to put on tv in atlanta 
or in the state of Georgia or anywhere else. You know, I, I can see the TV stations in Atlanta, Savannah, you know, out of Tallahassee to cover southwest Georgia, Macon, you know, Valdosta, Jacksonville, because it's right in you know, Florida, right on the line. This story will get traction that it's not true. And people that are on the fence will then believe that there was never any cheating in Georgia and the whole thing gets swept under the rug because somebody, it is a psychop. They know what they're doing when they try to confuse you. I'm serious. They know what they're doing. They come up with a story that you want to believe is true because you knew the election was stolen. I know. I can feel it. I can see it. There are certain things that nobody to this day has ever given even the slightest bit of a, a satisfactory explanation that doesn't defy common sense. I mean, that's just the way it's been. I'm just, I'll say it again. That's just the way it is. But if they can get a story like this out into social media, and you want to know why the timing, the timing of this is really suspect. The movie 2000 Mules just came out. The left has got to thoroughly discredit everything about that movie. So they plant stories like this and well-meaning people begin to share it. There it is on Facebook and it'll be there. And people will send it to me saying, hey, Bob, you've got to see this story. Look, they're, 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 they're finally investigating voter fraud in the state of Georgia. No, they're not. They're not investigating. They need to. But the Republican Party, for the most part, in the state of Georgia, particularly Republicans in the metro Atlanta area, are rhinos, untrustworthy, and many quietly are pro-choice. They are hoping Roe versus Wade stays in effect. I'm telling you, what I call the Roswell Republicans are not, for the most part, trustworthy Republicans. Remember, if you don't think that, if you lived in the state of Georgia and you remember the gal that um, that Governor Kemp put into uh, to fill out the term of Johnny Isaacson, who had decided for various health reasons to leave the Senate of the United States early. And he tried to pawn this woman off as some kind of a conservative, and her record said otherwise. She's one of those typical wealthy suburbanites from Roswell who's a Republican in name only. So just by the choice of what should have, look, he should have put in Doug Collins into the Senate and Doug Collins would still be a senator because I don't think the cheating could have been that massive if you had that much traction. But Georgia allowed itself to be duped. Georgia got played. And now stories like this out of Georgia because, hey, listen, they know a guy like Brad Raffsensberger. They know that Kemp is going to do their dirty work for them, saying there's been no cheating here because they've been lying about no cheating from day one. And so they're not going to get on the television in Atlanta, Georgia, in Savannah, Georgia, Macon, Georgia, or the border blasters, you know, from Tallahassee and, 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 and Jacksonville to cover South Georgia and Southwest Georgia. They're not going to get on there and say, yeah, we had cheating under my watch. No, they're not. 
They're never going to do that. Be careful with the information that you are given. Now, moving right along, I want to share a couple of other little stories with you here. This one comes out of Canada. And we'll return to some stateside stories and some stories from overseas as well. I'm not sure what point in the program. I've, I've been saving up a handful of stories. Somebody shared with me an article. And this one and, and the documentation that goes with it is, is quite verifiable. And one of the things that stood out and a lot of people never have figured out. We, we look at all the coronavirus stuff that occurred in the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, you know, globally, China, uh, Italy, France, Germany, places where you thought there were some intelligent, reasonable people with common sense, but apparently the world seems to be lacking it. And there's also something very evil in one of the stories that I'm looking at right now. And this is based on data that is put out by the Canadian government. And this in particular is coming out of Toronto and the Toronto Star and other you know places. So it it's getting enough traction and there's enough material out there that's not being denied or not being challenged. It it states something that makes a lot of sense to me. How many people remember 2020 and how people were just, you know, you saw the, you saw the videos out of China, somebody just walking down the street one day in the merry, merry month of March, whatever. And, and they all of a sudden are grasping their throats and they're falling to the ground and they're breaking their fall, by the way. And, and they're laying there dead. And a moment later, this this so-called security camera sees two people wearing their hazmat suits pick up the dead body and cart it off. And that was what was being played out. And that's why Italy, you know, was is so afraid of this thing. They thought people were just going to die in the street. Didn't matter if you were if you were ten years of age or thirty or sixty. You know, you're going to if you if the coronavirus is going to tackle you on the street, it's going to kill you. And people were believing it. Well, it turns out that in Canada, and particularly in Ontario province, 82%, listen to me carefully, 82% of those that died of COVID-19 deaths, and that could include what I call COVID-19 related deaths because they may have never died of COVID-19. 82% of those that have the COVID-19 death stamped on their death certificate as the reason they died, they died of COVID in Canada. 82% had one thing in common. They all lived in long-term care facilities, nursing homes, Let me say that again. I want this to sink in. In Canada, 82% of Canada's COVID-19 deaths were in long-term care and still are. This is the data coming out from the government. Long-term care facilities. Now, they're, they're noticing something 
as they are been pawing through some of the documentation, how many of these COVID patients died of COVID? Well, it seems that there was one thing in common with a lot of them. And they see this in particular in the Toronto area. Carol Lieberman of Global News put together an article and has the documentation. This is not just made up stuff. And connecting the dots, a lot of them died of malnourishment and dehydration. Now, how can that be in a such a progressive and wonderful and loving and caring country like Canada under the most caring and loving individual that ever ran the country in Justin Trudeau? And, and what it showed is that it, it, the, the bottom line, the data showed all-cause mortality week by week didn't show a winter burden mortality that was statistically larger than any other past winter. There was no plague. But there was a sharp COVID peak present in the data for several jurisdictions in around Europe, the United, United States, you know, Australia, all these places that went draconian and weird. And as coronavirus was peaking, other ways people died dropped dramatically. You follow? Instead of somebody dying of a stroke, they died of COVID. Instead of dying of pneumonia, they died of COVID. Instead of dying of the flu, they died of COVID. Instead of dying of heart disease, they died of COVID. And in many nursing homes, and I'm looking at some of these copies of doctor's orders and and it gets really it gets really strange because you're seeing that some of these doctor's orders are withholding normal vitamins and nutrients for patients that are considered covid patients because they tested positive with the phony pcr test and so what these medical orders were doing according to people that have reviewed them that I trust, they were ushering on death. It's like they wanted these people to die. Now, why would that be? Why would somebody want somebody to die? And you have these emergency holding of medications directives for COVID-19 signed off and they tell you, you know, you can't give vitamin A, B, B3, niacin. You know, you're not allowed to give any vitamins to these older people. You got to withhold and you got to, you can't let them have, uh, you, you can't even let them have certain juices that they would normally get. Calcium and magnesium were forbidden. And you can resume this when the pandemic is over. Now, what, what kind of nonsense is that? This is out of Canada. What would possess a country to withhold vital vitamins, minerals, nutrients from people that are allegedly sick unless they want them to have a bad outcome? The numbers, I keep looking at them, and, and here's what I have to say. You can agree with me or not, but I, I keep looking at the total number of people that supposedly died. I don't want to hear this nonsense about, well, you know, uh, the unexpected, you know, kind of deaths. Well, 
you've got you to look at all cause mortality. If the normal things that people die of, including old age, including cancer, including you name it, if they are dropping dramatically, like we've cured cancer, like we've cured the flu, like we've cured everything, and everybody's allegedly dying of COVID-19, yeah, people are going to be running around scared and wearing a face diaper, thinking falsely that that stupid cloth or paper on your face is going to stop a virus shows how gullible we have become. I'm not saying there wasn't. I know some people want to go as far as to say there was no such thing. Something happened. There was a very contagious illness out there. But was that illness in and of itself going to be fatal to the numbers we were led to believe would be? Answer in 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 one word is no. Yet, yet the globalists want to use COVID and still want to use it to usher in a complete economic and societal reset. Friends, it's evil and it is demonic. And if you don't think that there are not demons running around this world, we'll be talking about that in the next segment. We need to share a couple of stories. And I, and I, and I, look, I've got other stories that I could probably share today. I really don't have the time to get into all of them. Maybe later this week we'll get into a few more. By the way, we are still in Virginia. Not sure how long we're going to be up here. Thankfully, we get to stay with families so we don't have to worry about uh, putting out a lot of money. Uh, but trying to make some decisions. And I would covet your prayers right now. Because... My wife and I, we just feel the Lord is wanting us to do something at this juncture in our lives. And I keep you know, reminding you, I'm not a young guy anymore. But I really believe in doing this radio program and how important it actually is. And I really want to see this program go to the next level. Now, when I get back, I'm going to share a couple of things that I've noticed up here in this part of the world and and some of the things that I'm seriously debating and I just can't get my mind made up. And and I've, you know, normally I never have these kind of problems, you know, in the past. I, you know, in radio, I moved a lot of my younger career. It's just normal. So I never really cared that much about the house or the apartment that we went to for the time being because I knew it would be short-lived. That's just how it is in radio. Not until I got into the engineering side and it got more stable than I worked for a college. And yeah, then we were really invested in a home. And I would have stayed there till I retired, except God opened a door for another kind of ministry work. And I followed through on it and we ended up in Florida. And I ended up doing something I never anticipated being a church pastor for a number of years. But right now, I, I, I feel that God is moving his people around even if you're sometimes just within your career and in your own community preparing us for I think a very very weird time coming just down the road and and so pray for my wife and I as we try to discern there there are a few things that I've seen and some people try to tell me well maybe that's not what you ought to be doing and they give me reasons why not but then I keep coming back saying maybe it is and so I'm going to ask and 
you know, that, that two or three or four of you out there will agree with me that God will just make it plain what he would have us to do at this juncture in our life. Now, as far as the radio program, we're raising the funds so we can pay for the month of June. And it won't be long. I've already just got one of my first airtime bills in the mail so I can pay it in a timely manner. If you can help keep us on the air, would you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, and it's 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That is number 3248. That is our secure box, number 3248. In Crestview, one word. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248. Number 3248 Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview, Florida is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Beerman, the Israel outside. Coming up, Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get, you're going to love it in a moment. Now in Israel stands Yad Vashem. Yad Vashem is the memorial to the Holocaust. And you go inside, it's dark, and it's very moving, very touching, and very sorrowful. It's the Holocaust, a place never to forget. Very dark place. But when you leave, you walk outside, it's light, and the sun's shining, and there's birds and grass and towns and villages and mountains, little children, laughter, life. And for many, the point is that inside Israel, there's a Yad Vashem. But for me, the point was that outside Yad Vashem, there was an Israel. You see, the amazing thing about Jewish history is not the Holocaust or the fact that there's been persecution and horrors, but the fact is for 4,000 years, God has preserved them. They have come back to Israel. It's alive. The place is filled with children in the streets, like the prophet said. See, God never denies the existence of evil, but he overcomes it. Now, you might have a big problem in your life, and I don't deny that or diminish it. It may be a sorrow or darkness or a tragedy, but you might be spending all your time in dwelling inside that problem, and you've forgotten something. The amazing thing isn't that you have a problem in your life or your walk with God. The amazing thing is that outside of your problem is your life with God, is a walk with God that surrounds your problem. The mercy of God surrounds your problem. Stop dwelling in your problem. Step outside and dwell in the love of God. That's the bigger picture, his kindness to you. Because no matter how big the problem, God's love and his goodness is far, far bigger than that problem. Because outside Yad Vashem, there's an Israel. And outside your problem, there's the love of God. Want more? Ask for a tour of the promised land. Now, feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost, we got the answer. Free subscription to Sapphire's warning. Use it as directed. It can revolutionize your walk for victory. And the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it, and it's free. How do you get it free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with 
Academy. In two of the most exciting ministries to broadcast the word of life around the earth on shortwave radio, it's incredible to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave you the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you can have a real part in the end time harvest. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct at the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, listen, look to the good in God. He's with you. Peace be to you in Messiah. Havat Adonai, the love of God. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Program coming to you from Chilhowie, Virginia, in the southwest corner of the state. And we're spending some time up here with family and just kind of seeking out the Lord's wisdom for direction in our lives and the next chapter of the ministry and work that, that God would have us to do. Your prayers are so coveted at this time. There, there are several things that are a part of this package in my mind. It's the, the radio show is one thing. And I want to see it grow and develop to beyond something that it is today. Right now, for the most part, with the exception of some occasional guests and a few regulars from time to time, it's just me in front of a small computer with a couple of screens and a microphone and a lot of reading and trying to discern what is true, what is trustworthy, and what is not. And as I was saying in the beginning of this program today, there's so many people that I know and I respect and I love dearly that are committed to their faith, committed to conservative values in their families and their business practices and everything else. And yet in the middle of everything, they sometimes fall victim to stories that I really have. I've been saying this for a long time. I really believe there are stories planted out there as bait, as bait for people that are Christians, people that are pro-life, people that have family integrity and values and they're they're bait out there for you to grab and you think you've got something and you've been hooked and you end up sharing information that ends up not being true. The best way to discredit somebody or a philosophy or a belief or anything is to taint the individual sharing the news. So, If you, in good faith, share a story that somebody sent you or a video, hey, you got to see this video. It's on YouTube. It's on Rumble. It's on whatever the other platforms are today. Even Gab, it doesn't matter. Or I saw this on Twitter. By the way, Elon Musk is making an allegation, which which very well could be true. I, I can't say yes or no. Twitter's been trying to say that less than 5% of all their accounts worldwide are, are maybe, you know, robots or bogus. Looks like it may be more like 20% of all accounts on, on Twitter are fake, bogus, robot accounts. 
designed to influence people to believe certain things. Can you believe that, Twitter? Would they do something like that? It's like the phony fact checkers at Facebook. When Facebook gets into court, they say, oh, those are just people with opinions. They're not necessarily facts. Well, to to look at their page, or if you deny one of these feckless fact checkers, you know, and, and tell them, you know, tell people that they're wrong, you might see your account restricted. Yeah, social media has got its own set of dangers. But as I was saying, what we're trying to do on this program, and I'm trying to do in the next phase of the ministry that I have along with it, and the two kind of really tied together. The church was woefully unprepared at the beginning of the pandemic. Many Christians are not prepared for the world we are going to enter. You think we're going to fix it at the election of 2022 and 2024 here in the United States? Don't believe it. Don't believe it. You may get a little reprieve, but you're not going to fix the problems. 50 years of voting on my part this year proves it. We haven't fixed it yet. It is always the two steps heading toward Gomorrah and maybe one step back. But over time, we are still slouching toward Gomorrah. We are still coming to that day of of God's judgment upon this nation. Look at the insanity. Can, you know, we're not going to fix this insanity of abortion, transgenderism, school, you know, school boards and teachers trying to, you know, encourage 11 year old girls to consider becoming a boy or some or a little 11 year old boy to become a girl and not tell their parents. This is demonic. This is evil. When these and you look at their faces, you can see evil in their in their eyes when they're telling parents that maybe we should call child services because you're abusing that that you know nine-year-old that wants to become a boy we need to fix that we need to take that child away because you know the child really belongs to the state your job is just to feed the kid and give them a place to sleep and then send them back for their daily indoctrination and we as christians allowed education to be taken away oh Public education, it'll be wonderful. Why is it that kids that came out of a one-room schoolhouse 100 years ago knew more about history, knew more about mathematics, had better reading and writing skills than those of today with all of our computers, technology, and all the billions of dollars pumped into our schools? It's by design. It is totally by design. We, we, we have to understand something, and I think we're missing this. It's not going to get better. It's going to continually get worse. You can run around with a sign saying, you know, vote them all out, and we're going to fix it in 2020. The, the red wave is coming here in the United States, and it very well may. And how many in that red wave will be a bunch of, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing, rhinos, a lot of them. Don't put your trust in the princes or the sons of men, is what the Bible says, and I'm not going to. I will vote, yes. I will vote for the person that comes to the closest in my personal views. That's all I can do. But I'm not going to put my hope, my faith, and trust in any of them. Not even my own congressman. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't trust any of them anymore. And we have what I call the 
the the psychop, the thing of the day. And it doesn't matter if it's COVID. It doesn't matter if it's the vaccine. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be Ukraine. It can be anything. We're so busy running around looking at the crisis of the day. And the really important things under the surface we're missing. Sure, gas prices are going higher. And the Biden administration can send out their paid liar in front of a podium and say, it's Putin's fault. Well, the past year, long before Putin came along with his adventure in Ukraine, prices on food and everything were were climbing dramatically. And all we have done as a nation, all this administration has done is just do they have policies that are guaranteed to make it even worse than it needs to be. Now, is this by design? Some part of me says, yes, part of me says they're they're deceived themselves. You know, the Bible says that they, you know, they've given themselves over to the line. They become delusional and they really believe that what they're doing is the right thing. And we have this, what I call Guiana worship, you know, this worship of the earth going on with with climate change, man-made climate change. You know, we, we're going to, if we don't do something right now, I mean, if we don't get everybody into an electric car right now, if we don't stop doing this right now, if we, if we don't do this, we're doomed. The world's going to come to an end. And mankind did it. There's too much evidence that says this earth has been hotter and it has been colder and it's been hotter again. And I don't think that puny little man has as near as much influence on this globe as we think. A couple of quick examples, and these are real quick. Way back in the 1950s in Ohio. By the way, speaking of Ohio, yesterday I was trying to remember a little town in the western part of the state and got a QSL report from somebody that found this radio program on 5950 kilohertz in Finley, Ohio. So that was the name of the town. And all I will say, if you're listening in Finley, I I had the pleasure of walking through a number of your neighborhoods. It was a beautiful day in the summer. And I was visiting a friend of mine who's in ministry. And it was a picture postcard. And I went to some little restaurant downtown near one of the big offices for the company that runs all those, uh, you know, gas station outlets. I'm trying to remember the name of the company. It just escaped me. Maybe someone will remind me. Friendly people, wonderful town. When I was the pastor of a church in Sarasota, I had this older couple that were snowbirds. They had a little mobile home in Sarasota, very close to the church. And I had the pleasure of having them in my congregation, basically January, February, March, and to the end of April. And then they returned to their home in Finley. And they kept talking about what a beautiful town that it was. And it is. So I've been there. Now, getting back to what I'm trying to say. We look at this war in Ukraine. Do we really understand what's going on? Oh, Putin bad. Zelensky good. That's all we know. That's all the media tells us. Who's winning? Oh, Ukraine winning. And, and you know, it, it's I don't know what to believe anymore. There are too many stories that are coming out. And and while we're focusing here and focusing there and focusing everywhere else, you know, Ukraine is nothing more than the starting point of a bigger crisis the globe is going to have to experience. And 
is Russia winning, Ukraine winning? I, I wouldn't trust the media at all. I don't know. But there's something deep inside of me. There's something deep inside of me that says, don't believe everything you're being told. That's all I can tell you. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with what's going on. Most people, Vladimir Zelensky, you know, people think that he's just this incredible guy, you know, a real leader wearing, you know, uh, fatigue pants and ready to fight for his nation. And not that many years ago, he was kind of a really uh, foul-mouthed comedian and also starred in a movie where he played the president of Ukraine. And a matter of fact, in the movie, they had a fictitious party. They had a fictitious political party that this president was in. And everybody loved the movie. It was funny. It was hysterical. And then they ran him for president, and they actually created that party. One of the oligarchs, one of the billionaires of Ukraine, paid for his campaign, and son of a gun, if he didn't win. Go figure that one out. You know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's something that's going to happen there, and I don't know what it's going to be. But it's not going to be good. Those that want to reset this world that we live in, the great global reset, they're going to work hard to get their way. They're not going to give up that easy. They're not going to give up just because maybe in the United States, maybe we get the red wave we're talking about. Maybe, maybe, yeah, right. It'll it'll all be smoke and mirrors. I don't even have a whole lot of hope. I'm praying I'm wrong on this one. This is just a guess. How far will the Durham report in the United States really go to root out corruption? And I'm afraid that after three, four, and five years, we'll find out not a whole lot. That's that's my fear. We need to be preparing to live in a different way than we've ever lived before in this country. We need to be building community with each other. I mean, look. In the state of Georgia, about an hour and a half's drive from where I live in Georgia, and where I used to live in Tacoa, not even a 45-minute drive, is a little town called Elberton, Georgia. It is in northeast Georgia, just off Highway 17, kind of between, you know, the coast and, like, between Augusta area and up in the mountains. And on this hill in little quiet Elbert County, Elbert County is famous for one thing. Granite, man, they, you know, there are granite stone is mined there. It's polished there. It is shipped there. It is used in building. It's used for, well, headstones. And I've been to Elberton many a time over the past 45 years, just a, just a nice little town and nice working class people. A lot of churches on little little communities called like Dewey Rose on the way down, and and that whole whole area just was really Bible Beltish. But but there on this little high hill in Elbert County, Georgia, just outside of the city, there is a huge granite monument made out of well Elbert County granite, and on these on this big monument engraved in eight different languages on the four giant stones that support the common capstone 
are what are called the Ten Guides or Ten Commandments in eight different languages. English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindu, or Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. Oh, I know there are more languages than that, but that's what's on these these stones. And what is what what is it's been a mystery for a lot of people for a really long time. What are these stones? And in this age of the Great Reset that we hear about, the Georgia Guidestones should be something that you need to know about and need to be, well, concerned about. On the, the, the there's these ten commandments or ten guides that must be done for the world to survive. You know, this is Guyana worship. We have to have a population of under 500 million people. In other words, we, we got to get rid of about you know one in you know we only need one in 14 of us living. The other 13 need to die. We need to control reproduction. We need better fitness and we need better diversity. We need to have humanity speaking a common language. Hmm. Tower of Babel, anybody? Passion, faith, and traditions all must be tempered with pure reason. We need to rule our passions. We need to protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That sounds good on the surface, but who runs the courts? Number seven is avoid petty laws and useless officials. (laughs) Good luck on that one, because we will always have them. We need to balance personal rights with social duties. On the surface, it sounds good. Until those social duties include aborting children, which is what they've done in China. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite, whatever the infinite is. And here's the one you need to understand. Be not a cancer on the earth. Now listen to this. This is the Georgia Guidestones. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. They say it twice. This is the Great Reset. And there's a shorter message at the very top that is written in some of the ancient languages like the, you know, Babylonian languages, classical Greek Egyptian hieroglyphics and Sanskrit. And they say, let these guidestones, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. And they are located, these guidestones, to an area where the Cherokee Indians once were, Ayala, the center of the world. And the monument known as the Georgia Guidestones or the American Stonehenge, like the ancient ones in England, you know, where do they come from? They, they are not merely instructions for the future, so people say. They're, they're, they're functioning like a clock and a calendar and a compass. It's really scary stuff. And right in little Georgia, Brad Raffensperger State, the significance of all this is, is pretty plain to me. They want a depopulation of the world, promoting this earth-worshipping environmentalism, a one-world government, and they want a new world religion, a one-world religion, tempered by reason. This is what we have to fight.
This is what we have to fight. And, and I've read the history of this thing. This goes back to the 1980s. And a guy came to Albert in, in search of both granite, uh, firm, a, a firm to make this stuff, and then trying to find a place to put it. There's a lot of strange stuff in the world, my friend. And these guidestones have been around since March of 1980 when they were unveiled. And ironically, and I never knew this until recently, the monument and the land were transferred under the care of Elbert County, Georgia. And you have to wonder, you know, the, the Club of Rome, you know, they, they these are some of the things that they promote as well. The Guidestones, you know, evil always tells you it's going to signal what it's going to do. It's just that sometimes we just don't want to believe it and we just ignore it. This mysterious monument, this, this is the stuff that we have to be very concerned about. The United Nations believes in all of those goals. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, they endorse every one of those goals. Trust me on that one. On that, there can be zero doubt. And this is why, this is why I'm so deeply concerned. And this is why my wife and I are currently here in this place in Virginia. Is it because the state of Virginia is so great? Well, I can't speak for the whole state. It's a big state. It's not near Washington, D.C. It's about as far away from D.C. as you get in this state. But it's seems to have something going for it that's touching my heart. I mentioned, you know, there, there's there's a house we're looking at in a little town of, you know, about an hour from where we're at. There's a couple of Christian radio stations up there that could really use some help. Should I be close to them? Should I be somewhere else, close to family? Regardless, I still need to keep this radio program going. And that's why I need your prayers. I mean, I, I need extra people to help put material together. I need to find a way to bring this radio program on more stations, more people listening as a podcast while that window is still open. Hey, I'll use any window I can get to keep the word going out. And I know there are a lot of podcast listeners and every day more listeners on radio. But I think we need to be on the radio more often and in more places. If you can help us financially, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Truth to Ponder 5753. 5753. Highway 85 North. That's 5753. Highway 85 North. Number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview. One word. Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. That's 32536. By the way, let me know how you listen. You can send me an email, which is bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. That's bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.